on this episode of Why Watch That. Or David Moonlight. Makes Man. Mm-hmm, the movie. Yep. Oh. <laughs> I went to the 80s TV series with Bruce Stop Willis. Moonlighting. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and by the way, Dale is in Claws. <laughs> is she? Good she gracious! Is. Well, you know what? Uh, you know what else she was in? Hell yes. or High Water. Yes, and, <laughs> and True Blood, and a whole bunch of other Winter's, Winter's Bone. Because oh. <laughs> there are people with guns and knives and Chuzel looking off in the distance. You got Matthias with a some kind of I, what is happening here? Why Watch That is a podcast featuring the critic and referee who go head-to-head on a quest to discover the best movies and TV shows Hollywood has to offer. Expect the unexpected from the critic. Well, nothing gets past the ref. We do all the work. So you don't have to. Welcome, Welcome to, to Why, Why Watch, Watch That. that. This episode of Why Watch That is supported by Entrepreneur Meal Plan. It helps leaders and professionals feed their bodies and businesses well. You know, Critic, I got Mm. a chance to attend a wonderful event by EMP here Uh in Los Angeles. And it was so amazing because Brandy Cochran was able to gather people from all sorts of walks of life. We were able to gather together, have real talk and some real good food too. Mm -hmm. It was a hit. It's food for the soul and the body, which is so hard to find. So if you want to learn more about Entrepreneur Meal Plan, whether you're an entrepreneur or not, go to entrepreneurmealplan.com. The Why Watch That Talk. Well, we've got a mishmash full of stuff to talk about. (laughs) Mainly movies, but we do have a series premiere and some first looks and it looks like the critic has been quite the busy bee so we're going to see just how busy he's been buzzing and get the biz any more bees <laughs> <laughs> yeah let's begin <laughs> oh 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 um First, we have P-Valley, which there's so many things going on in my head about P-Valley. I mean, what are we talking about here? And I did not go to the um, unsavory part of it. I went straight to the potty. So I just don't know what P-Valley is. Well, we do know it's on stars. Mm-hmm. And we know it's about eight episodes. And it's a series premiere. So this is the first crack at what we see at this. What do we have here with P-Valley? P-Valley. Yeah. Um, Because it is based on a play by Katori Hall um, that spelled the word out. The the play has the full word. So yes, it is that word. Okay, got Mm -hmm. it. Mm -hmm. I figured that was the first one, but you know. Yes. uh, So it is that... This obviously is for adults. Um, I would hope. Yes. Unless they're talking and... about cats. <laughs> no, it's not. You know, cat alley, alley cats. Uh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's not what we have here. So what happens is at the beginning of the pilot, 
we are introduced to um, a character by the name, we find out later, the stage name of Autumn Knight, played by Alarica Johnson, who was in one of the Harry Potter movies, actually. Interesting. Hmm. And she's not in a good state. There's like this luggage floating in like some sort of uh, swamp almost. She fishes it out. She looks in it. There's some valuables in there. She gets on a bus. She's beaten up. She gets off the bus before the destination and lands at a strip joint. Okay. And we are in the Mississippi uh, Delta here. Oh. So she tries to get into the club. Uh, The bouncer there is looking at her like, okay, you got to pay $30. She doesn't have $30. Why she want to get in Thirty dollars to get in a club for women. Thirty dollars. Oh my. Mm-hmm. So she can't afford this. So instead, they have a little competition going on, and she enters this competition to get in. Why? What's the big deal? So that's one main character. The other main character is Mercedes, played by Brandy Evans, who is uh, really about to retire as a stripper. She's the queen bee at this club. And the question is, will the manager of this club called Uncle Clifford, <laughs> will Uncle Clifford be okay with that played by Nico Anand? That's the question. Now, Uncle Clifford has got her own problem. So yes, there you go with that. So wait a minute. Uncle Clifford, what kind of problems do you have with whom? And can you keep this thing afloat, this strip club afloat? All right. And then there are other uh, strippers we're introduced as well, one of whom is married and does not have a good relationship, has a baby, all of that's happening. The bouncer guy, there's something going on with him. There's also something going on with another man who is outside of the club taking pictures at night. Okay. Oh. Why? Yeah. So there are all kinds of things happening. There's a thing behind Mercedes, her family life that you find out. Uh, It's not why she wants to quit, but there's something that has been hounding her the whole time. There's a certain relationship that you'll get and I won't give away. So that's the opening of this series. And what I had to say about it is this. It wasn't bad. No. Now, that's the thing I will have to say. Now, the critics are loving it, Ref. They are loving it. So I was watching it like, okay, I kind of get it. Now, at its best, it conjures up uh, when you think of Moonlight almost, that kind of thing. Or David Moonlight. Mix Man. Mm-hmm, the movie. Yep. Oh. <laughs> I went to the 80s TV series with Bruce Stop Willis. Moonlighting. <laughs> <laughs> we're like a simple shepherd. Like, what is this a procedural? What is happening? <laughs> no, no, I just told my age. <laughs> Both of our ages. I, you know what, moonlighting. I used to watch with my family. A, so did I. It was, a, it was a very good series. Uh, I mean, come on, it. I wouldn't mind going back and watching it. <laughs> yes, but no, not not that. 
uh, like just that kind of uh, southern uh, yeah. black feel and the kind of camera work. Now this is at night. You get kind of the neon shots. Like they do a good job of that. And maybe a sprinkle of claws, just a sprinkle. It's Ooh. not crazy like claws. It's a okay. drama. But okay. it's just a little sprinkle of it. So if you like that kind of stuff, you will probably like this. Um, I will have to say, though, it's not always consistent. Sometimes it sounds like a play. Uh, we'll like, see yeah. how Katori yeah. adjusts that as uh, the show moves forward. Sometimes it does, not always. It was best when the dialogue was sparse. And then there's some flashbacks we get. It looked like a movie of the week. It was, oh, it just didn't, I, yeah. It's hard. Flashbacks it, are hard. Aren't they, they so hard? Just, yeah, yeah, flashbacks are hard. They're very difficult. And it, it, I was, I, well, it's not something where you go, oh my goodness, this is terrible. It's just like, mm, it, it, it just doesn't really uh, gel with uh, the, the actual aesthetic of the show that they have, yeah. which is good. Um, the acting's pretty good. The writing is pretty, it's just pretty good so far. Um, it's not perfect, but they do have a sense of place and they do have something going on where you go, okay, let's see how this is going to progress. You have some characters in this show. Right. And, you know, it's only eight episodes. So we'll see how it progresses. So far, I'm fine with it. Um, it's certainly better than you probably think it is. Um, and there you go. So if you're interested, you certainly can check that out on Stars. But again, it is in a strip club of strippers. And they try to, the whole goal from Katori's perspective and the other people doing the show is to humanize these women. So it's not exploitative, but you do get the nudity. I will tell you that. It's oh, just when they're okay. doing the actual uh, dance, it's, they are kind of clothed, kind of. Oh, okay. okay kind of. But again, outside of that, you do see it. So I, this is not for children it is for adults and one scene uh, one of the the actual dances that mercedes does you actually hear her breathing so it was an interesting way just to say hey this is work <laughs> yeah because i was like oh is she like ill that's at first you're thinking that you're like <laughs> oh like it's like oh, mm. you know but the music you can't hear that at the club it was right. interesting so that's what they're trying to do we'll see whether they succeed over the course of the season though well, speaking of critics, darling, it looks like the critics love this first look that we have. Oh, why watch that first look? Now we're switching gears to movies. And this is the first crack at uh, why watch that, seeing these movies. They're, they are currently available. We have Palm Springs. Okay. Palm Springs. This is coming to us from Max... Uh, Barbaco and Andy Sierra. Uh, Max is the director. Andy is the writer. But Andy also is the actor, but another Andy. <laughs> and we're talking about Andy Samberg, of course, from Brooklyn Nine-Nine and SNL. Bringing along with him in this cast is a bunch of riffraff and, you know, <laughs> these, these are some of the actors that you definitely want to play with. Yeah. Uh, we have, of course, the uh, Kristen. Uh, what? Miliadi. How do you say her name? Mm. She looks familiar. She was in um, the Wolf of Wall Street, Fargo. I saw her in something very recently, and I cannot put my finger on it. I'll have to sift through while you're talking. But she mm -hmm. has. Def you know who she is if you see her. 
But you definitely know who this Oscar winner is, and that's J.K. Simmons, who's also in it. Peter Gallagher is popping up in there. June Squibb, who... You you get a kick out of June. I don't know why. You and June, you love you some June Squibb. Along with other people, I'm scrolling through here, and I, I recognize people popping in and out, and I'm sure... Well, Dale Dickey, well, boy... If you saw Breaking Bad, she um, she was uh, um, always there, working, doing her job. I'll just yeah. say that she was she was getting paid to do her job. Um, and you got a chance to see this. Um, the critics are are pretty solid about it. They say it's solid. Well, let's see what you have to say though. Yeah, and by the way, Dale is in Claws. <laughs> Is she good she gracious? Well, you know what? Uh, you know what else she was in? Hell yes. or high water. Yes, and, and True Blood, and a whole bunch of other Winter's, Winter's Bone. Bone oh. Well, you can't forget her in that because that was a she was not the the friendly neighbor. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but she's not mean too mean in this movie. So it's nice oh, to well, see good. Dale doing that because yeah. this is what happens. We are at we're in Palm Springs. Yes. Mm-hmm. And there's a wedding going on. Andy Samberg plays Niles. He's there with his girlfriend. Um, and she's the one who has a relationship with the, the bride. She's the um, she's one of the bridesmaids. So at the beginning, you know, they try to do what couples do before That's you right. skedaddle. But mm-hmm. this is an Andy Samberg movie. So you uh, know there's something up. There's something, well, there's something going on. She was in Modern Love, sorry. That she she had a mm, whole episode right, of Modern yes. Love. She was the one who had the bait. Well, yeah. <laughs> I don't want to. Well, you give it away, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so yeah, that's that's Kristen. So that's the beginning. So Andy's there, okay. Niles his character with the girlfriend, something's up with their relationship. Mm-hmm. What is it? We don't know. Yeah. And then of course they go through the whole wedding. Now, uh, Kristen plays Sarah, who is the sister of the bride, and she's unreliable. The parents, Peter Gallagher uh, plays the father, are like, you know, where is she? She doesn't show up on time. You know, she's drinking at the wedding. Forget oh. she's the one who has to give uh, a speech. <laughs> but does she actually give the speech? No. Niles decides to crash it and help her. Why is he doing this? Okay. He also does this whole thing. Like, there's this dance he does <laughs> where he seems to know what everybody is going to do. Now, you're going, this is an Andy Samberg movie. This is ridiculous. You know, it's just choreographed and stupid and all of that. But then, as it continues to go, you start going, something's really up here. And Niles and Sarah end up together romantically but something happens. Mm. Something completely out of the blue. You're like, where did this come from? And then you find out that maybe this is Groundhog Day, the movie. Uh, uh, oh. So it happening over and over and over again? Yes. Oh. So there is a time loop here. Now, I'm not going to tell you exactly how this works. Mm. The question is, who's in the time loop? Niles, Sarah, more people? And what is this time loop? How does it work? Now, I will tell you that Niles and Sarah across the movie, we see how their relationship develops. Mm. It's the same day repeating over and over and over again. 
So what is that like? And if you've seen Groundhog Day, you know that you've got to figure out the rules of this. You've got to, then people start going, okay, this may never end. So I can start doing all kinds of stuff. So that's what happens here. But if you're thinking, oh, okay, is it just like Groundhog Day? No, it's an Andy Samberg movie based right. on Groundhog Day. Think about it that way. Yeah, that's good. So some of the things that happen are completely ridiculous and stupid. Just stupid. And then by the end, the question is, can they get out of this time loop, these people who are in it? What is their relationship going to be if they get out of it? Is Also, is it going to be dangerous to get out of it? The way they get out of it may not be the way it happened at Groundhog Day. Watch out. So they're kind of playing around with that in this movie. It's their response to Groundhog Day. Okay. Uh, so I really can't tell you much more about it. But the real question is this. I didn't mention J.K. Simmons at all. No, you didn't. How does he fit? I won't tell you. He is no. at the wedding. Okay. I'll say that. He is at the wedding. Now, when I was watching this, right, first of all, I do have to say that Groundhog Day is one of my favorite movies. Yes, we are. Listen, if the listeners do not know that by now. <laughs> it is. I can watch it at any time of the day, all the time. You can just, watch it as a Groundhog Day. Yes. <laughs> so I just love Groundhog Day. And as a Groundhog Day fan watching this, I was really entertained. Oh, okay. I really was. I mean, some of it is completely dumb, which you expect from an Andy Samberg production, because this is uh, something he produced along with uh, along with our favorite Joma Tacconi. Mm-hmm. They're all back here, but it was sweet underneath all of that, and not all of it is stupid. You do get this relationship that develops. You do kind of care about Niles and Sarah across the movie as well. Okay. And you're rooting for them. And and it's always fun just to see how people handle a, a, a day that repeats. Now, they each have secrets that leak out. So I'm not, oh. I didn't give those away. There are some serious secrets actually that come out. So how can they deal with that? And in the end, how can all of this be reconciled? So it's not that every moment works, but I was always um, engaged with them. I, I was always um, happy to watch the movie. That's mm-hmm. how I would say it. So, I mean, hey, everybody, it's on Hulu. If you have Hulu and you're interested at all, watch it. Why not? Yeah, yeah. Uh, it was a nice way just to spend, uh, you know, an hour and a half. Oh, great time. That's excellent. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. it's like you said, it's available on Hulu. And if you're a fan of Groundhog's Day, or or or, or something that just has that repeating time loop, there yeah. I think there are other movies out there, but um, it sounds right. like this one was a nod specifically to Groundhog Day. Mm-hmm. So let's shift gears. No pun intended. To the old guard. Now, hoo hoo ho ho. Gina Prince Blythewood is directing it now. Some of you are going, I know that name. Yes, you do. I mean, we're talking about one of the greatest. We got Love and Basketball. Um, she recently did a TV series that we covered called Shots Fired. Um, she did the that one movie with the, uh, Beyond the Lights. She just really is one of those directors who's been around and had hit after i mean i can go on and on Mm -hmm. with her Mm -hmm. hits her and her husband has worked they've worked together but not this time because greg ruka ruka is the screenplay writer but it's also based on his graphic novel series 
right. um, along with uh, Leandro Fernandez, uh, Fernandez, who co-created the comic book of this. So what am I talking about here? Well, we're talking about a Charlize Theron movie. Mm-hmm. Mm. Okay. <laughs> now, you know, she produces stuff, so she's in it. Kiki Lane is also in it. Now, you're thinking, oh, I know who she is. You know who Kiki Lane is. She was the girl in Native Son recently. She played the um, the girlfriend, distressed girlfriend. And then she played another distressed girlfriend. <laughs> it was like back to back. I was like, Kiki, we're going to have to get you doing something else because you can't be distressed all the time. If Beale Street could talk, she was the love interest and um, playing against Stefan James. Uh, we also have um, Matthias Schuenart, who is... I've seen him around, but I really came to really appreciate him in the movie The Mustang, which um, was, I believe, last year. And um, such yes. a great, such a wonderful, wonderful movie. If you haven't seen it, it's a quiet, it's a nice, quiet thunder um, of a movie. But your boy Chiwetel is in it. You know how much I like somebody Chiwetel and you just love saying his name would you would you mind saying it Chiwetel Ejiofor yes you just love saying it and then there's some other people popping in but those are the main main people that everybody would know and I'm sure you're going to highlight some other people that we should know now what is this about because when I look at the pictures mm-hmm. first of all you look at the poster and of course you know this is on Netflix and Charlize is probably really you know, on Netflix, they don't control anything. So she's probably just going to town. Because <laughs> there are people with guns and knives and Chuzel looking off in the distance. You got Matthias with a some kind of... I, what is happening here? She's got a knife in her hand. Is this, kill, is this her own version of Kill Bill? What is happening? Well, maybe. So what's going on here is this. I'll start with the new character, the young character played by Kiki Lane. Niall is her name and she is a Marine. And she leads this mission in Afghanistan to find a terrorist. So she has to communicate with some of the Afghan women to work this out. Now, as a result of this, she dies. Mm Mm-hmm. But you go, that can't be it. And it's not. No, not if she gonna get paid money to be on the poster. (laughs) (laughs) Because as a result of this, we come to find that she is going to be the newest member of the Old Guard. Now, the Old Guard is a group of immortals who throughout history have exerted their influence to fight battles, essentially. Now, the question is, for what purpose? Are they for the good? Are they for the bad? Are they just doing what they want? Is there a rhyme or reason to this? I won't tell you. And the head of this old guard is Charlize Theron's character, Andy, which is short for a long name that I'm not going to say. (laughs) The name that shall not be named. (laughs) And once Niall dies and comes back, first of all, her fellow Marines are like, what? <laughs> Wait a minute. Something's up with you. Oh, so the mortals can see these immortals. 
Oh yes. Mm-hmm. Oh. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. They don't. They wouldn't know that you're immortal. Oh. Okay. The only way they would know is if they knew you and saw that you didn't age. Okay. So she doesn't really know what's going on with herself. Nile. She has no idea. But the old guard, all of the immortals, they they sense each other. They have dreams. They can feel each other's presence. They know the the current ones that there's a new one. Now, the problem is the old guard without Nile, they have their own things going on. Because there is this this guy who has this big pharma company and he wants to create a drug essentially that'll eradicate disease. Chewetal. And he knows about these immortals. Oh. And he wants them for study. Oh. Because hey, maybe it'll take 10 years. What's 10 years to you? Are they willing? Also, how can you prove that they're immortal? What do you have to do? Now, Chewetal is not the person who owns oh, dang it. the company. Chewetal is a former CIA agent. Okay. Now, Andy, when she meets his character, and his character's name is James, she's kind of like, I didn't know that non-Americans were in the CIA. And you'll see what his response is to that. So he's not doing an American... Oh, I was, okay, okay. Nope. So you'll see what that whole thing is. And what is his role here? I will leave that up to you to find out. So they are trying to protect themselves from this man who's after them, who's put all this money to try to capture them. And they have this new person who's just popped up out of nowhere. They're like, well, how do we get to her? Should we get to her? Should we just leave her? So of course they get to her. And uh, Charlize's character, Andy, does. But what does she have to do to extract Niall out of the Marines? Because the Marines know something is up. So imagine what they want to do with her. Oh, boy. Now, this turns into, they, again, have this outside threat coming. And now they got to train Niall on everything. And Niall is not cooperative. She doesn't understand what's going on. She doesn't get the import of what just happened. She doesn't understand that, yeah, okay, you go tell your family and then what? Now, all of them have been living for a long time. She asks them how long, some of them say hundreds of years. She asks Andy, Andy is like, a long time. She won't say. She is the oldest. She's the first immortal. Mm. So the whole thing is, can they train her? Can they keep all of themselves safe in the face of this threat? So that's really the movie. Now, as a... an experience watching this. We've seen this kind of thing before. Okay? We've seen it. I mean, it's, you know, martial arts, that's really what's happening. They're immortal. Okay, you get it. So the question is, is this just entertainment? Because that's what it should be. And I'll say this. After all of these uh, superhero movies and the like that have come out recently, some directors don't know where to put the camera. And how to frame it. Oh boy. Yeah, yeah. Gina is not one of those directors. Gina knows, and the cinematographer knows. Oh, the good. cinematographers. Good, good, good. Yeah, Timey, uh, I'll call them out Tammy Riker and Barry Aykroyd. They know where to put their camera, they yes. know how to frame a fight. Come on, and women. You know to cast Charlize Theron. Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, Atomic Blonde and so on. 
when she's fighting on screen in this, it really is entertaining. It's great to watch. The fights were really, really good. Were they okay. some of the best fights? No, but they were good. They were okay. good. That's the best part of the movie. Really, the here's the point. If you need to make a movie better, hire Charlize Theron. Uh-huh. Some of the writing, mm, nails on a chalkboard. But when she says it, it's kind of like, okay, we'll just let that go. Now, some other people, I won't name them, didn't do as well with the writing. Mm-hmm. I will put it that way. But it didn't really matter much. Um, think of it this way. It's, it's like Gina was like, okay, I have my shot doing this. She's the first black uh, woman to be given a shot at a big budget um, comic book movie. First one to come out. We know that Ava uh, is going to do that in, in who knows when, sometime soon. Yeah, yeah. So the whole thing is, when I was watching it, Ref, I was thinking of Paul Greengrass's work, thinking of oh, the Born series. Okay. It's not on that level. Not on that level. No, 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 no. But it's that kind of flavor. So if you're just willing to have fun, to forgive some flaws, then I think the old guard you would enjoy, especially the fights. You will enjoy Charlize Theron. You will enjoy watching her try to manage all these people. Matthias uh, Schoonarts, as you said, we love him. Uh, it's great to see Chewittle in his role. You'll see what that is. There's some nuance to it. So uh, there's some fun to be had here. It's not perfect, though. So as long as you're willing to forgive it, it is on Netflix. I think it's a worthwhile watch. I'm wondering if this will be the only one. It is a series. so I, Yeah, and at the end, I didn't give away everything. At the end, oh, that's the other thing, now that we talked about it. You will not be surprised by any plot point. I knew everything that was going to happen, including yeah. the end. I was like, yeah. okay, they're going to come back at the end, and I know who's going to show up. So you'll see that. And then, yes, there's a suggestion that there can be new, more movies to come. Uh, actually, I wouldn't mind watching the sequel just because I like the fights. Okay. Charlie's. Well, it's yeah. on Netflix. I mean, you have it. You might as well just check it out. Right. Let's end this with another uh, first look. So we've had Hulu, we've got Netflix, and now we're going to go to Apple TV Plus. And we have Greyhound, which is Tom Hanks's movie. Now, this is probably the biggest movie release that Apple has had with one of the most A-listers. And I know that... Um, Sam Jackson um, did The Banker. But this is their second real movie that's out to the masses in this way. And it's Tom Hanks. And he wrote it. Uh, and he wrote it based on C.S. Forrester's The Good Shepherd. Which anytime I think of The Good Shepherd, I always think of that movie with, uh, with uh, Matt Damon. Robert yeah, Matt Damon, Robert Jolie, De Niro. Yes, Robert De Niro did, directed, directed it and mm -hmm. starred. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, he didn't direct it, though. Tom didn't direct it. Aaron Schneider did. He directed it. Now, starring alongside Tom Hanks is um, Elizabeth Shue, who, you know, sometimes, you know, I, I didn't know where she went. So <laughs> she's here. No, I mean it. Like, I mean, she's been in stuff, but Elizabeth Shue was such a huge star. In the mm -hmm. '80s, um, Rob Morgan is is popping up as he does. You just need to pay attention because he's going to pop up somewhere. Um, Stephen Graham, uh, you know, Tom Hanks can open a COVID theater. <laughs> <laughs> People can come out in the middle of COVID to the theater to watch Tom Hanks. Is this a success for Apple? Is this, you know, this is I think Tom Hanks is 
second or third uh, movie that he's written. So what's going on here? Yeah, so the scope of this film is very narrow, very focused. So Greyhound of the title is a ship. It's a U.S. naval ship during World War II. And what they have to do is cross the Atlantic to Great Britain to deliver troops and or supplies. And across, when you go across the Atlantic Ocean, there are, at the beginning of the journey and at the end, you have air cover. But there's a middle section where you don't. And in this middle section is where you're vulnerable to the German U-boats. So those are the submarines that will come out and kill. Oh, boy. So that's what this movie is about. And and Tom Hanks plays the captain of the Greyhound, the commander Ernest Krauss. I'm so going to need really... him to stop playing because he has bad lucks with ships. I'm just <laughs> <Yeah>. saying, <laughs> like... He's always kidding. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, but no one is coming on board saying I'm the captain now in this movie. <laughs> oh, dang it. So, he really is in charge, not only of his ship, but all of all of the other ships in the convoy when they have no air cover. He's the one that's orchestrating all of this. Okay. So they hope that they don't encounter any U-boats, but you know they do. Of course. And it, throughout the course, most of the movie, and the movie, really, the runtime is about an hour 20. Wait. Um, mm-hmm. Oh. Yeah. Oh, So okay. they give you hour and a half runtime. It's really about an hour 20. Okay. Um, watching it. And about an hour 10 <laughs> is them trying to, you know, cross without oh, air cover. Oh, okay. So it's very focused, again, on that. And we see how he orchestrates all of this. Now, Stephen Graham, who was... Uh, in The Irishman. Yes, yes. He's the lieutenant commander, you know, so he's playing uh, the commander's right-hand guy. Rob Morgan plays uh, a mess attendant, so he's providing the food to Tom Hanks. So think about, now this is a black man, and we're in World War II. So what is the messaging there? I'll tell you this, there is something important about Rob's character, whose name is George Cleveland. You may not know what that is (laughs) until until toward the end. Just know that. But there is a whole thing happening there. But he's the guy who's like, okay, uh, Commander, now you can eat. You haven't eaten. Here's some coffee. You need to eat. You still haven't eaten yet. Let me bring you some food. That kind of guy, taking care of him. So what's that relationship like? Uh, Elizabeth Shue, by the way, is... Uh, plays Evelyn, who is uh, Tom Hanks's love interest. He proposes to the woman before he leaves for the war. Oh my gosh, it sounds like Castaway. It's like every show, it's every movie he's ever done. <laughs> now this is like a two-minute scene. What's her response? That's the question. Because he wants her to come with him to train and all of this. Okay. Huh. And then so on and so forth. So the whole time they're trying to cross and, you know, the Germans somehow know the channels they're on. And every now and then you'll hear a German voice coming to the ship telling them you're all going to be dead. I mean, it's stuff like that. Oh, Uh, the other ships are in trouble. What maneuvers do you need to make? And then as a writer, what Tom did is he sprinkles in little bits of who these people are outside of just this relentless pursuit 
of crossing this part of the Atlantic Ocean. So in one scene, for instance, uh, you know, they have to relay messages from different parts of the ship. So the relay to Tom Hanks's character, he like sneezes in the midst of this. What, how do they handle that? And I mentioned uh, about Rob Morgan's character. There's some uh, things going on there. Also, Tom Hanks's character is very religious. How does that work in? And he's a good man. So he might do well, but not feel like he's done a good job. Mm-hmm. So that's really this movie. And you'll see what happens by the end. Um, what I'll say is we've seen this kind of thing before. Oh, dang it. I mean, just this, this kind of story. We've seen it where, okay, it's a war movie. You've got to go from point A to point B. It's a relentless pursuit. I liked it. I think they could have made it better. And it's a directing thing. The way that they framed these long stretches, what I would have preferred is if we start from silence and ratchet up, 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 tension, 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 sound, 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 sound. And then you get another section like that and then another. To me, it just wasn't framed as well as it could be. There was a little too much music. Could have pulled back on that. We needed more of a breath in certain moments just so we could follow it. Also, there's a lot of talking when they're obviously trying to maneuver and it's right. hard really to follow all of it. Like the, oh. the actual dialogue, it, you, you really have to pay attention to know what they're talking about. And I would just bump up those actors' voices and take away some of the music. Um, so that, it just needed more framing in that way. It needed more of a build in that way. And then it would have worked um, even better. But I'll say as is, uh, if you like this kind of movie, then why not watch it? What was the war movie from last year, Ref? That um, had all of the awards, won the Golden Globe? Oh, uh, Sam Mendes' yes. uh, 1917. Yes. So it's, you know, that kind of thing where you have to go from point A to point B in this, this relentless pursuit. Gotcha. Uh, but that one had more peaks and valleys. Mm-hmm. This one needed more of that. Um, but if you like that kind of movie, you like Tom Hanks, I would say check it out. It's, again, like an hour 20. I was always with them. I just wanted a, I just wanted to connect a little more. It was just hard to follow it at all times. But I like this kind of movie. I like this. I think Tom Hanks, uh, who you think he is, is who he is as a writer as well. Um, so you get those kinds of touches coming from him Uh, And there you go. So that's Greyhound. Again, if you're interested in this kind of movie, why not check it out on Apple TV Plus? You can do, of course, some sort of free trial if you haven't uh, gotten it already. Or otherwise, this one is just $5 a month uh, from Apple TV Plus. So if you wanted to pay $5, you can and watch all of their stuff. Or you can buy an Apple product and get it free for a year. Really? Yep. Mm -hmm. Dang, I bought my Apple product dollar short day late. Well, there you have it. Three first looks and a season, or excuse me, a series premiere, all available right now on various streaming, (laughs) except for stars, of course. Thanks for listening. For additional resources, visit whywatchthat.com. Good idea. And we'd love to hear from you. So go ahead and leave comments, feedback, and you can rate us on iTunes. We'll see you next week. See you.